So we're going to say welcome. Hello, everybody. I think we're live. <laughs> we're just waiting just because I know there's a little bit of a delay. So it looks like we are live. Um, welcome to Texas uh, Lunch. Um, we're so excited to be here and to share with you some of the things that we do and who we are. So let's get started. Are y'all ready to get started, girls? Yeah, let's yes. do this. <laughs> let's go. All right. Um, so we'll introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Melissa Summerford, and I'm an instructional technologist, and I'm also um, a Google trainer, and um, I'm the GEG leader here in Texas. So a friend of mine asked me, uh, well, nominated me to be, and I said yes, and little did I know all the opportunities it would open up. So I'm, I'm going to let the rest of the girls introduce themselves to you. I'm Jessica Compton. I am a co-captain and I recently became a Google trainer. So I'm very excited to help launch the Texas gig. Yes, congratulations, Jessica. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Crystal Vinson and I'm also a co-captain and just recently um, got accepted as a Google trainer as well. So I'm excited to be here. <laughs> All right, and that leaves me. I'm Lexi Law, and I am from Wichita Falls, Texas, where I am an instructional technologist there. And I am also a Google trainer and um, excited to be on this captain journey and kind of tell you all about Texas and everything Google from here. Right. We're on this journey together. We're all we're all new at this. And so we're all excited and we're excited to share because we do love integrating technology into classrooms. So um, we're so lucky and thrilled and grateful to be sharing this launch with you. So we're going to go ahead and get started. All right. All right. So what is a gig? That's what you all came to find out. So these are Google educator groups. And so within that, um, it's a group of people, um, in, in our case, Texas, and we are very lucky to be blessed with so many educators in Texas who are using Google, loving Google, and are excited to learn more. And so if that's you, then this would be a great opportunity for you to join us and, um, and engage and inspire and learn. And if you have the presentation, um, Melissa clicked on that earth. And then you can go and obviously explore some more about what a gag is. That's right. Um, the bit.ly should be coming in the live chat. So you'll be able to open this up. If you open up a new tab, um, you'll be able to get to this presentation. So you can go on this journey with us as we share some of the things with you. And so that will be coming across too. So, all right, let's see where we are. All right, so we do have some special guests. So I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. So we'll bring them in too. Hi, y'all. I feel like I'm in Texas tonight. Um, I'm Stephanie Hal. I'm an instructional technology coordinator for Pickerington Local School District. And I get to run this fun group with a bunch of other friends, um, Global Gag. And so Global Gag, for all of my friends out there, is an organization that helps local gags kind of get started and then we do all these huge events like the level one boot camp and we have everybody you know pitching in so we can run a smooth event for all of the local gags in the area thank you stephanie <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Hi everyone. Um, my name's Darren. Um, at Ranga the Trainer on Twitter. Um, I'm here working with Steph tonight. Um, I'm a learning technologies lead at two uh, large secondary academies in Essex, just outside of London. And I'll be translating every time Steph says something that no one understands, like <laughs> gag. Okay, Bonnie, I'm going to take over for you, and then you're going to go next because you're on air. FYI. Okay, so hi all. Okay, okay, we're going with the flow. I'm Stephanie Rothstein. I am from California. Um, so I run the GEG in Northern California. My role at my school, it's called the TOSA. So I'm a teacher on special assignment and I help with the tech integration at my campus. I also chair a project-based learning pathway that's a design thinking pathway at the school. Um, and I teach the English class in that. So I um, work in high school and we're a high school district. Um, beyond that, I'm a trainer and an innovator um, and I'm happy to be here and support. And I'm part of the Global GEG founding team. Um, and we're, we're just happy to be cheering you on for this launch. And that's part of what we've been doing and our whole goal for um, Global GEG is to make it easier for more and more groups to start and to feel ready to go. And you are in great hands here in Texas with these lovely ladies here. I mean, it is amazing, amazing to see what you've already built and you've just begun. So um, I'm excited to be a part of it today and thank you for having me. And I'll move Bonnie in if she's all good. Bonnie, you ready? Hey, buddy. <laughs> okay, I can move Bonnie because I know her quite well. Um, and but Bonnie, Bonnie does tech for all things, for everything. Um, she's in, she's in South Louisiana, and um, I know Bonnie because we were at the Innovator Academy in Singapore. Bonnie, are you, I, I'm like waiting to see your face. Say yes, I can intro myself. I love you, Bonnie. Look at her. Look at her go. Here we go. <laughs> I feel like she's having some sound issues. I could do some interpretation for her. Hey, it's technology. It happens, yeah. right? I know. We can't hear you, Bonnie. So I'm just saying she's a lovely person. This is what she's saying. She's saying, I'm amazing. I'm right next door in South Louisiana. Y'all are awesome there in Texas. I'm Bonnie. I'm Bonnie Chalette. I run, I run my local tech here. How was that? Is that a good intro, Bonnie? That was good. Okay, we love you, Bonnie. We'll get your sound figured out before our chat. <laughs> Let's see. And do we have anybody else here? I know we have a few more people here joining us too. Oh, so it's me. Okay, wait. Let me, let me talk a little bit. Okay, my name is Luis Pertus. I am a Google certified trainer. I am one of the wackos that came up with uh, Global GEG. And um, yeah, we're so happy to be here with Texas celebrating their launch and having an awesome time. So yeah, greetings from South America. <laughs> I'm, I'm maybe the southernmost one here. So yeah. <laughs> Hi. Thank y'all all for joining us and walking and helping us through. Oh, there he is. Okay. Oh, no, right. Me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Abid. I'm the uh, leader for GEG UK and also one of the founders 
um, for Global Geg. Uh, that's that's Geg. That rhymes with egg. Um, the, all other pronunciations are wrong. Um, and yeah, joining in for the uh, for this amazing launch here at one a.m. in the morning. So uh, it's, uh, it's a late one, but uh, <laughs> late late one is when we have the most fun. <laughs> It's, it's amazing, y'all. I just want to say that the, this group that I've connected with, they have been so helpful because, like I said, this is new for all of us, and they've been so helpful with this launch and just me sharing ideas and bouncing. And that's what it all – that's what it's really all about, just making those connections. Like, this is something I've only dreamed about, like having people like you you saw from Darren from London and Abbott from London as well, um, just making those connections and, and seeing what people are doing around the world because that's what it all is just us like sharing is caring you know we share together so this is going to be awesome all right so if you you have this uh, this presentation um you can click on the geg global um logo here and that will take you to the site so if you want to learn more about the global gag um you can click there all right so all right all right, so we kind of want to hear from you in Texas. What are things that you want to see happen in our Texas gig? Like, so do you have ideas? Are there things you want to see people present about? Are there things that you would like to present about? Um, what are kind of what do you want in a relationship with our gig? So if you want to, you can click on that Jamboard and tell us some of your ideas and things that you want to see and then we can kind of get in contact with you because that's what this is about is connecting with you guys and being helpful being resourceful and um, this is just a good place for us to start sharing and collecting ideas and you know this might be your next stepping stone with google is to present things for the texas gag so we would love that so if whatever it is that you want to or feel inclined to put in there please do and we would love to hear from you guys so thank you so much for adding to that Jamboard. So if you haven't used Jamboard before, um, there are some, um, you can add images, you can add sticky notes here. And um, I love it. I've started using it within my school and like with our teachers as a collaborative feature. I just think Jamboard's amazing. So hopefully if you don't know about Jamboard, um, you'll get some practice and be able to, to play around with it tonight. So thank you for putting your ideas there. All right, so let's see. Of course, I went back, <laughs> clicked on it, so it is going to take you to it. Okay, so tonight, um, what our agenda looks like, we're going to talk about some of our favorite Google tools um, and how to use G Suite tools to differentiate learning, and we're also going to talk about how to become a Google Certified Educator, because that's where we all started all. Um, when I first started, I uh, did this three years ago, and I took it with um, a company, um, Fry Technology, and that's where I learned about it. I'm amazing friend Brooke and so I never thought you know I first took it and I was like oh I'll just take level one and then you know I, I kept thinking oh like Forrest Gump I ran this way I might as well keep going so then I did level two and then I was like I'll never be a trainer and then I was like Brooke's like you need to become a trainer. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to be a trainer. And so it just kept, the more I did it, the more I learned and I just became eager for learning. So that's kind of my journey throughout this Google um, educator program. How about you girls? Like what, what, what have y'all noticed or what are you excited about? 
I'm excited about connecting with other educators and learning new things and sharing things so that we can all learn together. That's all right. That's what it's about. How about you, Crystal? What I'm also excited to connect with people that are passionate about um, integrating new Google tools and educa into education. And I'm excited to learn from them and share what I know. <laughs> and I, in, in tech world in Wichita Falls, we have, uh, we work very hard to get our teachers level one and two certified. And we're currently running a boot camp right now where we have 283 teachers going through level one boot camp right now. And so it's, it's been fun. But uh, it, it's fun to inspire them. They get really excited and then they're ready to jump into two. And then a lot of people, like you said, Melissa, whenever they go ahead and they jump into the trainer bucket, they're like, I don't know what this is going to do for me. But it really does open up a lot of doors for people, opens up job opportunities. It opens up a little extra money on the side. It opens up so many things. And you get to meet really cool people um, all, all over the world. And um, it's just been a really fun journey for me as well. That's right. That's how Lexi and I met each other because we're both trainers and we were affiliated with the same organization. So it does. It truly connects people. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to talk about our favorite Google Web Tools. All right, so some of the favorite tools that um, I used at my school with some of the teachers, I'm going to take you into the first one. So the, this first one is the Chromebook um, App Hub. And I'll tell you why this is one of my favorites, because, you know, sometimes, sometimes we just run out of ideas, you know, and this Chromebook app hub is a great place to start sparking your ideas. Like maybe you have you have a content and you know, I want to teach kids this, but this is going to show you some different apps you can use in the classroom. And I really like this because it sorts it by idea. It sorts it by subject. So it does break it down. It breaks it down in age rank and it even has a learning goal. So I do want to share one. When I first found this, I was like, oh my goodness, where has the Google App Hub been on my life? When I found it, I saw eye bombing. And so this was one activity where um, it gives you the overview and it's, you know, making someone's day and how to make them smile using googly eyes. So I thought I went to my um, instructional um, language arts coach and I was like, okay, we can so use this this activity for perspective writing. And so we looked into it and we did. We had our fourth grade teachers use this. The students started planting little eyeballs like googly eyes around the campus. And then they were using Google Slides to tell their writing from the perspective. Like if they did a water bottle googly eyes, they started telling their perspective from that. I do like how it differentiates. It tells you um, it tells you right here how to differentiate for English learners and uh, special accommodation. So it's all broken down there for you and it's it's ready to go. And that's what I really like about it. And the author of this, Lisa Highfield, she's also um, the author, which I have my book right here, of HyperDoc. So if you haven't read HyperDocs, I did get the chance to meet her and I did get her signature. So I was so happy with that. But yes, um, she's awesome. She's great. So look into the Chromebook app hub. You'll like it. Um, the other one I want to share is um, the Transformation Center. And so I stumbled upon this too. Um, and what I noticed is when I went into the Innovator pro Projects, um, there are different ideas that are going to help you jumpstart some of the things you're doing in your classroom. And this is, um, I found this idea 
and Crystal, I ran to Crystal. I was like, oh my gosh, Crystal, um, I found this site and I'm going to show you what it is. It's called um, Classroom Bridges. So this is a site. These are projects that are made by Google Innovators. And so this is the one I came across. It was called Classroom Bridges. And what it allows you to do, it allows you to make connections um, with schools from all over. It gives you, if I click into this, let's see if I can open it. So um, it tells you the location of the school, like um, find a classroom. That's where I went. So find a classroom. It's going to give you a map of other schools that want to connect with you. So what I did is I found a school. I reached out to a few. I tried to look in our time zone. And so when I did that, I reached out to a few in our time zone. And Crystal and I, we did end up making a connection with um, a, new, a school in New Jersey. And we, we got on a Google hang, uh, meet with them. We talked about what our goals were. We shared our Texas symbols and they shared their New Jersey symbols. So it was a neat way just to make a connection um, with someone outside of our state and so the kids really learned a lot because as they were prepping and preparing you could tell they were getting excited and you know and they got to pre practice their presentation skills as well so wouldn't you say crystal could you tell us a little bit about because you were the one leading this yes i felt like the students were much more engaged because they knew that this was going to go to an audience in a whole nother state and it was going to be like a live google meet and so I think they put a lot more effort into it and we're more excited in planning those um, symbols to share with others. Because didn't you, you even made a video where you went outside and showed them, like you showed them the cows in the background because we're, we're kind of like on a farm, wouldn't you say, Jessica? In the middle of a pasture. <laughs> yes, there are cows when, in my parking lot when I get out and sometimes you hear them, you're like, what the heck? Are they like crying or what are they doing there? <laughs> Yeah, their principal got involved and did a short little video and introduced herself and kind of took us a tour to a tour around her school and showed us like how beautiful it was and that they had fall weather with pretty orange leaves. And we don't get that kind of fall here in Texas. So we did the same thing and took her out to our recess area, which happens to be a fenced in area right in the middle of a pasture with nothing but cows. That's right. They were excited about leading up to meeting them. And then we had even one of our students, like he dressed up, he had his cowboy hat on and he had his boots. He represented Texas. <laughs> All right. And then the other one I'm going to show you about is applied digital skills. So I like this too, um, because you can go in and you can assign classes. And what this does is it teaches kids to get ready for um jobs that are out there after they graduate. It teaches them how to use the Google skills uh, and tools. So I did, we have a, um, a STEM lab at our school. And so um, it does have some activities for late elementary. So I assigned like some, one was like um, all about me. And so they designed like an all about me project and it just teaches them how to use those. Um, this is my personal one. So I'm gonna show you how, if I look into this, cause I made it before Keith was given into any assignments, I went ahead and made him some. Keith is my son. I was like, oh, oh boy, school hasn't started yet. I'm going to put you in applied digital skills. So I like the way that it tells you like their progress and it tells you you can view the lesson and it breaks it down and, and tells you about the lesson, what they're going, going to learn about, the digital tool. So it's really neat that um, this one too, because it's all laid out. Um, I like that about Google because the 
the lessons are there. All you do is assign them and you match it to whatever content you're working on or what you want your students to learn. So these are some of the favorite tools and I hope that um, you will try them out. All right, let's hey, see. Melissa, I'm gonna jump in real quick. Okay. Can I'll I jump go. in on Applied Digital yes, Skills real of course. quick? Yes, yeah, good, good. Um, But with beginning of the year coming up, Applied Digital Skills is great when you're trying to intro tools to your kids. And they have a lot that are really friendly. For example, like they have ones about um, whenever they're researching colleges or they're going and they're trying to learn how to use sheets or they're trying to learn how budget, how to budget things. And so if you go in and you just look at those, there's a whole bunch of lessons in there that you could see that would be catered towards your kids and you can pick it by tool. So you can go in there. It's a great intro for your kids. And so I would, de it's definitely worth your time to peek in there and look at all those free lessons. And it might be a good place to start if you're trying to, you know, spend those first few weeks working on Google tools. So that way they're very fluent in your classes throughout the school year. So definitely worth your time to look into. Great yes. resource. Mm -hmm. I agree. Thank you for adding that, Lexi. All right, so we're going to go ahead and look at some of the things that we've been doing with our students. And uh, Crystal is going to tell you about how we can use G Suite tools to differentiate learning. Okay, I'm going to go into my presentation about how you can use Google Slides and link hyperlinks into um, a slide to make a playlist. And I kind of played around with this one and created it to share, but what I did was just made a classroom and you can actually use your own classroom to engage those students or just a picture of a classroom. And I inserted different activities, different math activities that I want my students to work on. So instead of having a regular playlist, which is where I started, um, where everybody has has to go different to different locations. I wanted somewhere that they could all go into one spot and I wouldn't have to go digging for their work and all these other different places to grade things or see their progress. So I put all the activities on one slide and linked them into um, each other so that they could go back and forth. So for example, if you click on geometry, I just, put a cute little picture of some shapes, it will take them to a geometry activity. So the directions are here, um, everything they need for that activity is right on that slide. So they don't have to go to log into anything else. I could just assign this one thing into Google Classroom and they have several activities to choose from. Um, and then in the bottom right hand corner, I linked it back to that first slide so that they can return to their classroom, which would be their playlist. Um, another one that I've added on here that I can show you is the problem solving. So if I click on problem solving, again, that the whole directions are there and that's where they can show all of their work and submit it there on that slide. So I'll go back to the playlist again. And then I have a fractions one and on this one, I don't think you can see it from our presentation mode, Sorry. but when the students Sorry. open it, when the students open it, the directions are actually on the bottom, like in the presentation notes. But um, again, the students have a fraction and decimal activity, 
And then when they're done, they can go back to the playlist. And then the last one I put on here was the would you rather. So that is another activity that um, it's a would you rather a website that has a ton of questions to challenge those students and ask them, would you rather this or that? So there's anywhere from kindergarten and up with different challenges. And so I put that one in here as well to share. Um, my students love this and um, they get really excited when they see these activities. So then once they go back to the playlist again and they complete all of these activities for me, um, I can have them turn just those slides into me as their teacher instead of I need to go log into Flipgrid and submit a video. I need to go log into um, Seesaw and complete an activity. I can link any activity that I want, videos, any assignments into these slides, and these students can kind of work around how they want to. They don't have to go in a different order. So I've been using these playlists in my classroom, and the engagement and the excitement that I'm getting from these students is incredible. Um, I, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. Just them being able to choose the order of it is very mind blowing to them. So instead of me saying you need to go do this, then you can do that. They they just love to go around the room and pick the activities that they want to do. And it doesn't matter what order they do them in. Um, you could even go to the extent of adding like must do's and then can do's so that your students do do the, the ones you want them to do and then have some funner choices as well. Thank you for sharing that. And she's absolutely right because I've been in her classroom and the things that they're doing, I walked in once and they had a microphone and they were rapping like to um, creating a math word problem and they were just having fun and they are all cheering for each other and like they were so excited to be making this math word problem. It was amazing, Crystal. So you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, Crystal, I absolutely love this. And I my I love watching what other people create. I'm, I don't know if it's a fault or if it's a plus, but I'm so hyper creative. So I love looking at what other people make and being like, okay, I love that. This is what I would do. I would, and like when I look at that, I see stations. And so I see that you can maybe like make a Google Meet link and link it. My husband's getting home from basketball practice. <laughs> He's talking to our dog in a sweet voice. So please excuse that. <laughs> I see that as like stations and like you could put like a Google Meet link, like different ones and you could, okay, Red Group, you're all gonna talk about would you rather and you guys all click on your link and you're gonna go here and you could all like, you know, you could jump into all the different stations, but have them kind of break off into little groups from your original. Like I, I see so much visual potential of the things that you could definitely be doing with this. Um, but yeah, I see stations happening and different Google meet links and teachers being able to see what each group's talking about as they work together. I can oh, tell I you, I'm that. To think, you know, <laughs> online learning, if that's our future, Right. So, but I right. can totally see rocking that if, if, if <laughs> I love that crystal. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I started with pencil and paper, like I'm sure a lot of people do. And our our playlists are more like stations, but they don't call them that in our district. But um, 
the students were excited, but they kind of got burnt out. Like, okay, I still get the same paper with the same type of format, the same table, different activities, but okay, I'm getting a little bored. But then when you put up a slide like this, and they, it's almost like a scavenger hunt. They're like, oh, where's the next activity? You know, which one do I want to click on? So it really changed a lot for me. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thank you, Crystal, for sharing. So this is using Google Slides. So Jessica's going to talk about how, you know, Jessica teaches younger kids. And so how if you just, when you're starting out, how to introduce it maybe through a Google Doc. That's right. Um, I also want to touch on the engagement, student engagement. Um, I got, we had a long unit in math and I got a little bit lazy thinking, oh, we just have a week left. I don't want to create a whole new playlist for one week of work. So I'll just wait till the next unit. And so I did. And when I told the kids, you know, you have a new playlist, I got responses in Google Classroom that was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yay. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'll have to monitor that a little bit and make sure I don't <laughs> <laughs> let that uh, excitement wear off. So I taught um, second grade this past year. And at the beginning of the year, we have to start out small. This is their first year with Chromebooks. They had iPads in first grade and in kindergarten. So in second grade, they're still trying to get used to Chromebooks, logging on to things. So we made it kind of basic. Um, this playlist, I printed off, I put it in Google Classroom, uh, but I also printed off a copy for every single student. So they had their paper copy so they could keep track of what they had to do. Uh, and Apply It was actually a paper that they had to complete and turn into me. Um, they, Dreambox is something that our district subscribes to. And so they had an assignment there. We also did kind of just as an intro, some Google Slides activities where they had to go in and um, do some place value on there. Um, and they did have to go into Seesaw as well. So this doesn't look like as much fun as Crystal's is, but in order to get them started, they needed something more simplified mm -hmm. and something that could be printed for those kids that are still trying to, you know, figure out the Chromebooks and stuff. So we started with that and we progressed further where they had clickable links and they had to go into Google Classroom. I no longer printed it out for them. They had to go to Google Classroom to find it. I did have a page that I kept on my counter, one for each um, group. These are differentiated groups that I had. I had three teams. And so in Google Classroom, they were assigned theirs for their team and it was differentiated. So it was a little bit difficult. There were some things that were the same that, you know, I needed grades on, but they got to um, have a choice of what they wanted to do first. Maybe they like addition first and wanted to complete that first or um, something that, you know, just really spoke to them. We have the would you rather on there as well. And that really sparked really good conversation. We even did a podcast in my class um, about one of the would you rathers and they talked about that uh, and, you know, talked amongst themselves. And it was fun to see them interact with each other and talk it through and argue their points about what would work and what didn't and why they thought so. So that was really fun to just kind of sit in and, and see their thinking. 
Mm -hmm. But this is something that you could use whether you have one-to-one -one Chromebooks or not. Or if you have younger kids, this will still apply to them. Um, when they did it on the paper, they colored in each of the boxes when they were done. And when I assigned it in Google Classroom, they could use the bucket fill tool and color in that box as they completed it. Mm -hmm. So. They also had choices once they were done um, with those six things, they could choose something that they wanted to do. And this was only after they completed those six activities. And depending on you know our mini lesson and the work that I had them do in class and practicing um, what I taught that day, they uh, some of them didn't get to their playlist as often. And so that's why it usually ran the length of our unit. And like I said in the beginning, one ran a little long and <laughs> obviously they wanted a new playlist and that's the beauty of it is you can uh, create a new playlist for those ones that need it maybe those were the ones that were those fast finishers and i could create a, them a brand new playlist and put that in google classroom or print it off for them and let them uh, do that activity and they kept their engagement up the whole time and they really enjoyed it um, and there wasn't, I was worried about there being a kind of competition. What team are you? What team are you? And there was never that. Um, they just went, looked at their team. They did what they were supposed to do. Um, if they could have a partner, they chose a partner that wanted to do that. And if it was something that they had to do on their own, they just worked quietly. And it was a great opportunity for them to work at their own pace and mm -hmm. do what they like to do. So the student engagement was great for this. Yes, and not everyone, you know, does have a lot of Chromebooks to share. So making these playlists and printing them off and then having some activities that are digital, that's how I started off. I didn't have um, a lot of Chromebooks. We just had to share in a station area. So they would look at their playlist and then go do the digital piece that was on there. So I did like that it broke it up, not like into stations. It's just they worked where they worked around the room what worked best for them. So this is why I loved playlists as well. But on that note, so think of this uh, playlist and to differentiate not only for your students, but how can you differentiate for your teachers as well? So this is something I lead a digital learning core at my school for my teachers and Jessica and Crystal are part of it. <laughs> so um, we did I we did this activity or uh, shared this with them. Because I, you know, I, I, I do all the talking and I want my teachers to come up um, and and share what they're learning in their classroom as well. So I created this pl uh, pl playlist for my, my teachers. And so what this is, I said, who's doing the learning? Is it the educator or the student? So what I did is I put in some different things for them to learn about because I challenged them with, okay, so I want you to pick something to learn about. And then I want you to come back and, and teach us. It can be on here or it cannot be on here. It can be something that you find. But I did want to give them some tools of where they can start off. So I just linked this all in um, using hyperlinks as well. So I put some things for, for the educators and then some for the students as well. And so and then COVID came. And so we didn't get to the presentation part, but we did, we did all sign up and the teachers were excited. We we had um, our who was going to present on what. So um, and then this hit. But um, next year, 
<laughs> right? So, um, so I'm going to show you how we did that. So to hyperlink that, I think it's right here. Okay, so what we did, so if you want to hyperlink in something, so what I did, let me get my cursor, I'm sorry, it's everywhere. So I just took, I just went to the insert tool and just add a link because what we're doing is we're just linking it into a slide within the presentation. So if the student clicks there, it's going to take them to the slide. As you notice, like the first one was the remote. So I hyperlinked it to slide two. So click on the remote and it's going to take you to two. Um, the pictures in the background that I made, I use Google, um, I use my Bitmoji, so you'll need to get your Bitmoji extension. So that way when you open it up, you click on your Bitmoji and you just drag it in. So if I brought, I'm gonna throw a turkey. <laughs> so you just easily just drag it into your Google uh, slide and there she is, but I don't want her throwing a turkey, so I'm taking her out. Um, and then when I'm looking in for looking for images too, I just went to image and then I searched the web. And one thing you do want to put is you want to look for a transparent picture. So that way it doesn't have the white box around. You just see the item. Um, Cause then you, then it's kind of hard to get rid of that. I mean, you can do it, but this is easier when you go and search through transparent pictures. And so that's how we did that. Um, and within Google slides. Um, let's see. So not only differentiating for your students, you can also differentiate for your teachers as well. So if you're an instructional coach, if you're in that type of position, think about your teachers because everybody learns at different ways. It's just not students. All right. So I'm going to turn it over to our special guests and they're going to start sharing their screen and they're going to tell you how to be a Google certified educator. Hey everybody. <laughs> Hello everyone. Here we go. Are you ready, Darren? So I'm ready. Darren are going to be talking about level one and level two certification and how you can pass. And right now we do have a global GEG bootcamp and everybody's welcome. We just finished day one on Friday in our office hours and I think they went pretty good. What do you think, Darren? Uh, I think they were pretty awesome, actually. I must admit, I was asleep for the second one because it was about one o'clock in the morning. But the first one went really well, and the feedback seems to have been really good. Um, yeah, so I, definitely I big join us. With me, so definitely join us for day two. We're going to be yeah. diving in deeper with the different certifications, and then in July we're going to do a level two. We are. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. That's not my screen. It's the same as my screen, but it's not my screen. That's okay, my there screen. you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we are. We are going to do a level two um, in July. We're still looking at the format of exactly how it's going to work. Obviously, off the back of the feedback of uh, of what we get over these these three days of the level one, but um, so far it's been really, really encouraging, and and the effort that. Um, the did we get the two thousand mark in the end, Steph? I think we did. I think we're I think at three thousand. Good. Three thousand people want to earn their level one, which is amazing. Um, so is we are going to walk through those steps. So level one, it costs ten dollars. The boot camp is completely free, so all you would have to do is pay the ten dollars to take the test. Um, so it's good for three years. 
How many years? Uh, I think it's three, isn't it? <laughs> it is three. Good job, yeah. Darren. And then oh, it's time to fail. And you get to find out uh, not right away. Darren, I think it took, what, a day? It took a day. Yeah, I, I um, recertified on Friday. And, uh, yeah, it took um, a day for my result to, to show up, basically. Um, I just want to throw in there, actually. I see a lot of people commenting on different groups on Facebook and asking questions on Twitter as well about, you know, doing the certifications. Is it worth the investment? Is it worth the money? It's $10. It's like £8 in the UK. It's nothing. You can't buy a pizza for that. You know, so just dive in and do it. Skip a meal and take the test. Exactly. Skip a meal, take a test. All right. So anyways, you have a webcam and Chrome to take the a test and make sure it's on a Chromebook. Some people try to take it on a phone. Don't do that. Mm, no. All right, Darren, tell us about level two. So level two is like level one, but harder. <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, it's very, it goes into slightly more detail and looks at some different tools um, that go on to a higher level of, of um, classroom practice, but also strategic practice as well. So you'll look at other tools in more detail, things like Blogger, um, also other aspects of the different tools that you cover in level one. And aside from getting your educators badge, which is great to be able to put on your on your um, Twitter profile, to be able to put on your signatures for your emails and things like that, or even wear a badge if you if you're lucky enough to get one. I didn't, so I'm still bitter about that. Um, it's also just a great bit of PD. You know, it's a really good opportunity to revisit the way you operate in your classroom. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to relate to technology. It's about that whole different way of thinking and how you get that, that work accessible to students. So very much worth doing. Yeah, I agree. I would definitely go on board and definitely get your level one and two. It made me a more confident educator before these two exams. I didn't take, use any technology. And now look at me. I use technology every day. So for Google no. level one, here are some links that you could use to help you study. So if you are wanting to study, there are sample questions that if you have this slide deck that it has been given to you through the entire chat, mm -hmm. you can click it and then it will take you to some sample questions. It will yep. take you to the training center. <clears throat> oh. oh, look at this. Well, look, there we go. We're going right to the training center with you. I didn't know about this. We didn't practice. Yeah. We didn't, didn't want to practice. So straight into the fundamentals there. Look. And then you can go ahead and you can study all of these um, different, uh, <laughs> sorry, the dog comment totally got me off track. Um, but then what how did the dog type i don't know maybe it took its google level one exam yeah, yeah. but you can Always go typing. through different modules and you can take different tests how i did this is i went and i took the test at every end of the unit and then if i didn't pass it i went back to review that unit so that's how i yeah. studied you could try that okay get the dog off the screen people that's how I did it as well, Steph. I, I used the trainer center. I didn't go to any um, boot camps or anything like that. But what I love about this whole um, platform is that it does break it down for you. So you can come back to this and you can go away and leave it at any point. But it will tell you this is a, a 48 minute unit. It's four lessons. So you can do a bit at a time and come back and revisit and do things later on. So you really can self pace. 
Yeah, definitely use the training center. And then there's this awesome matrix that you can oh, use. Oh, there is. There and you go. can use to help you um, study for the exam. So this was done by Casey Bell Shake Up Learning. And in here, it just tells you, hey, let's practice this skill. Let's do this. Because when I took the test, um, I didn't really study. And I thought it was going to be multiple choice. When I logged into Google, it was not multiple choice questions. It was performance task. Like you had to share a document with somebody that was like a fake person. And I was like, I don't know how to do all this. And they set everything up with you in a fake account. And after doing a couple of the tasks, I was like, oh, I know how to do this. Like I got this. So if you're already using Google, definitely look at Casey Bell's task and it will help you to make sure that you can do these different things. Yeah, and it's brilliant because it gives you the opportunity to self-assess as well. So you can look at the kind of tasks you might be asked to do and you can kind of rank yourself on where you think you fall and focus on anything where you think you need a little bit of extra practice. So a really excellent um, resource to use. And then and again, level two is just like level one, but harder. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so if we just click on very quickly the level two skills link here. Uh, this is really, really small because I've been a little bit bigger. There we go. Do you really use it at that? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's all gone a bit funny there. There we go. So you've got things like Google Scholar you need to know about for level two. You also need to think about, um, for example, how to add citations in Google Docs using YouTube Live um, and all those kind of things fall into there. And the more kind of sophisticated things around forms rather than at level one where you might just be asked to kind of put a, sh a short form together to include three questions and send it to somebody. Here they look at the response side of it as well and what you can do with it. Um, and then goes into things like the web store, Google Plus was on there, um, Blogger and sites and things like that. Okay, so well worth having a look at all these. And, and like we said, all of these are completely clickable um, in the slide deck. Okay. And just be aware, oh God, um, before you- Yeah, be aware. <laughs> before you- Be aware um, of that crazy woman in the top right-hand corner, yeah? So yes, okay, you're you're getting me off track. <laughs> so yes, level one and level two are very similar. No, level one is more about the tool, where level two is using it kind of in a classroom setting. So that's kind of the difference with those two exams. You don't have to take them in order. I've known people that are like, I'm going to try level two first and see how it goes. So for me, I'm OCD. I have to do it in order. But you might be like, Louise, you do it in any order, which is not okay, but you can. Um, you can. So let's give them some tips because we all love tips. Yep. So the first tip, you can see Darren there. He um, tells us to be prepared to sit. It is three hours. So you are taking an exam for three hours. That can be difficult if you have kids at home or just trying to find that quiet space for three hours. So just try to know you can use the restroom during the exam. You can get a drink, but you might want to have it nearby too. Yeah. And if you do use the restroom during the exam, obviously don't take your laptop with you um, because the camera would be on. So <laughs> he it's knows an important that. tip, right? Yeah, it's a good tip. Yeah. And also, as, as Stephanie's showing us here by letting us look right up her nostrils, 
Um, it's really important to make sure that you know your webcam's working um, and that it is going to be clear and you're correctly in shot um, because it will take um, images of you intermittently and it won't warn you. Um, so it will just take them. You won't even know they've been taken, um, but just be aware of that. You kind of pose at the beginning and then periodically through it, um, it will just take random shots of you. Yeah, definitely smile for the camera throughout the definitely. entire one because you don't know when they're going to take a photo of you. Um, but you have seven days. So once you schedule the exam, you then have seven days to take it. So make sure you do look at your Google Calendar or your written planner, whatever you use, and look at what your seven days is going to look like for when you can take that test. They say it takes 24 hours to get the code. So once you have the code, you have seven days to take it. I mean, if you're anything like me, seven days looks a lot like a week. Um, but that might be different for Steph. I don't know. She fits yeah, a lot in time, it is a little different. Do you want to talk about time, Steph? Because I know you like time. Uh, I can. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So just make sure you do update. It's time to update your Chrome. Um, a lot of teachers struggle with updating Chrome and it drives me crazy because you see that red dot and you're just like, update Chrome. Um, so just make sure that red little dot is updated and good to go. If you are yeah. using a school device, um, incognito is a really good choice and some districts do block that. So if you do, you might want to look into a personal device or talking to your IT department about other options or signing out of Chrome and using um, incognito that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I just talked about your other one too. I'm a bad partner. That's all right. It's fine. It's almost like we practiced. <laughs> Let's crack it. So my number one tip, um, absolutely, as you can see, um, just from this very small gif in the top left-hand corner there, is pinning your tabs. Um, when I first started um, sort of training teachers, nobody had a clue what it was, and they actually thought that, you know, to a certain extent, you had to go and pin something on it, which was crazy. Um, so don't do what I'm doing in that little gif there and try and stick a drawer in pin in it or a thumbtack or whatever you call it. Um, but do learn how to pin your tabs. Just right click or two finger tap on that tab and then select pin and that will stop you from closing it um, accidentally. And that's really important because the main browser window that you open in incognito mode, um, if you close that by mistake, you could be in a whole world of trouble, particularly if you've done a load of work for the exam because it could potentially invalidate the exam if you can't get back in again. So pin those tabs. Um, to make sure you don't close them by mistake. All that happens is the little X that closes the tab disappears so you can't click it, which is great. And then just make sure you read each question carefully. Some questions do have more than one type of answer and this really messed with my mind. I would be on like question three and it's like, choose more than one answer, choose three answers. And I was like, yeah. oh, I need to go back to question one and two just to make sure that I'm answering the questions correctly. So just read it, double read it, mark it for review if you need help. Definitely. And it's one of those things as well. I think the, ironically, the, the multiple choice questions are harder than the scenario questions. And also there's a there's a big difference, I find, and obviously I did mine last week again. There's a difference now, having done it three years later, between um, what is possible and what you would potentially advise people to do. And you've got to be careful about 
actually reading the question and try and break it down in sections. Some of them are two or three part questions. So do it one step at a time and really make sure you read it carefully. Okay? And don't make it pretty. Yeah, yeah not what it says. Don't center it because you could get the question wrong. Just leave it exactly how they say it in the directions. If they say center it, then center it. If they don't, yeah. do not center it. Yeah. Yep. And then use your bookmarks. So where you've done pre-test sessions and things like that, and you know how to access things quickly, make sure you've got things saved and ready to go, or you're able to bookmark things quickly in your incognito windows, just so that you know where you're going. You will open a lot of tabs during the course of the exam. Personally, I don't tend to close anything just in case I have to go back to it, because it doesn't tell you when you're finished with a particular aspect. So you might be doing some work on forms, but it won't say, right, now we're done with forms. You can close those. We're going to go and look at sheets. It might come back to them later. So I think I ended up with about 20 windows open, um, but I just pinned them all, made sure I didn't close any, and at the end, closed it all down. Okay? Oh, and God. you can, at any point, mark anything for review. So if you're really not sure, like Steph mentioned, with those multiple choice questions, you can mark it for review and come back to it later on rather than staying stuck and wasting time. And don't skip questions. Just do your best, answer them, and then if there's time after, go back to it and check it, like with the mark with review. Absolutely. And uh, there will be a clock ticking away. So it's just something to be aware of. Don't let it distract you. It will be sitting away in the corner just telling you how much time um, has passed because obviously three hours can fly really quickly. The first time I did my exam, I did it in about two hours 40. On Friday, I did it in just under an hour. So things change as you get more and more confident. Um, but just be aware of that clock. And then and make no, sure you know which way it's counting. No human will ever score your test. So just make sure you do it exactly like it says. Don't make it pretty, like we said earlier. Yep. No human will score it, but it could be someone like Steph there. An alien. Clearly not a human. Yep. That is not um, human. I don't have intent. No, it's definitely not you. Um, they, they do say when you submit the exam, they do say the result will be sent to you within 14 days. But generally, it's a lot quicker. Like I said, I got my result on Friday, um, on Saturday, so within 24 hours. Um, obviously, during the current situation, I think things are a little bit slower than normal. Um, but just bear that in mind. And you can kind of cheat the system. If you haven't received your email, you can log back in. And sometimes you'll be able to see whether you've passed or not before you get the email. So just a little tip there. And then the next one is don't overthink questions. Just read it, do it, and be done with it. Don't get stressed out, just do it. Yep. And as it says in the middle there, just do what it tells you to do. Uh, and literally break it down word for word. What is it asking me to do? Don't try and, as, as Steph said, don't try and fancy it up. Don't think to yourself, well, that doesn't look very nice, which is very tempting to do. Um, just do exactly what you've been asked to do. It might be put four text boxes in onto a Google slide. And you might look at that and think, oh, it looks terrible. They're not aligned. You know, they're not very nice fonts. Doesn't matter. Just get them in and get the task done. And then once you get your results in 14 days and you've studied, celebrate, go out to dinner, do whatever you want to do to have fun. If you're allowed out. Yeah, I guess COVID no. kind of screwed that over. Yeah. <laughs> have fun in your house. 
Yes. All right, so we've got some resources for you. We have level one and level two checklists that you can use. We have HyperDocs to help you review. And I believe some of this was done by the amazing Stacy Klein, who I know is in the chat. And then we mm -hmm. have pacing guides to help too. And then also there's the scenario cards, which are really awesome. Judy Kim made these in North Korea and they are really good. They help um, prepare you for the task part of the exam. And some of them are pretty challenging and they have different colors. So we're gonna walk through one of those and we're gonna hopefully do our best. Do you want me to read the task, Darren, or do you wanna read it? You can read it if you want. All right, I'll read it and then, um, oh, South Korea, my bad. Um, and then Darren can walk us through how to do this. So we were just, we need to schedule a meeting with two or more people. That includes a Google Meet conference. So we have to schedule an event with two people and add a Google Meet to the event. After we save the event, we need to quickly email the guests to let them know that we're running late. And we need to um, use the feature in the calendar. So let's go ahead and we can either do it live or watch the video. Let's, let's watch your video, Steph. Okay. There's no talk, talk over it. Okay. Oh, look, we got this screencast to find. Marvelous. Okay, so we're in our Google Calendar and we just double click to create an event. They will tell you who to invite generally. So, and there'll be people already loaded into the system. So it might say things like Stacy and Brad and or invite Julie's parents and things like that. And you just click on add Google Meet conferencing um, so that the link appears. Add a title, choose your time. You might be asked to, to maybe add a follow up as well. So and I don't make you convert the time. Say that again. They don't make you convert the time zone. No, they don't. No, but you can do that with a handy little tool, can't you? <laughs> yeah. And then we're emailing our guests and we're saying I'm running late. So we yep. hit that little email button and it was that simple. That is the exam. Do not overthink it. Yep. It's simple as that. It really is kind of. What would you do? I was going to say teaching your grandmother to suck eggs, but it's eggs, isn't it? So, yeah, global gag. Yeah. And then once you are all done studying and you passed, just remember you are the. You're supposed to go to the next slide. Yeah, no, it's got stuck. It's going. Here we go. You are the champ, and Abid will allow you to be the champ because Abid never wins. No, absolutely. Okay, so it's really simple. The only thing, I, the only other thing I would say is one of the biggest questions we get asked, and we got asked at the at the boot camp as well the other day, is what is it that takes the most time, and it is entirely down to you. You know, if you're particularly strong on one tool, you'll go through it quite quickly. If you're particularly kind of rusty on a tool or you haven't used it very much, you'll go through more slowly. So do get into that trainer center and do practice, and then you should fly through um, well under the three hour time limit. Okay. I agree. Good luck, guys. And don't forget to sign up for the Global GEG Bootcamp. Absolutely. Good luck, everyone. High five, Darren. Oh. That way. There we go. <laughs> Whatever. You almost worked. So, hey. Uh, my name is Luis Pertus. I was goofing around with the green screen. And I'm going to talk to you guys about um, Google Certified Trainer, I think. And uh, let me just share my screen in a second.
And that should be it. Okay, so uh, basically we're gonna talk about the next step above level one and level two. Uh, the next step is becoming a Google certified trainer. And all Google certified trainers are is people who are uh, particularly adept at using the Google tools and that we know how to train others to do the same. So basically uh, my whole presentation is about how training is the part that's hard, but becoming a Google certified trainer is actually very easy. As long as you have all your documentation and everything you have to do is being prepared already. So basically, uh, before you apply, you have to have certain things in mind. And the first things you have to have in mind is basically have some training under your belt. It doesn't have to be Google suite related, but it really helps. Uh, two, please document all your training sessions. If you give everybody a form so they can fill it out and they can uh, fill out stuff and you can have all that information, that juicy, juicy information afterwards. So you can follow up with your, with your, with your students. And so you know who did what. It'd be really awesome. And all that documentation really works because they will ask you for it in the application. And three, always ask for feedback. So the way to get documentation is to ask for feedback. So just do a Google form and have fun and, and re recover all that information. And eventually you can use Google Forms to generate cert uh, certificates. So you get like a you can create attendance certificates for, for the people who go to your events or to your trainings and you get all that stuff and, and it really helps to grow your uh, position as a trainer. Uh, also try and keep in touch with your trainees. So please, you know, recover all the email, all their email addresses and all the information you do can stay in touch and try and keep them updated and follow up eventually if you can. And all of that will help you document yourself so that you're ready to apply for Google Certified Trainer. Now, before all of this, well, this is Phil Collins, the musician, for those of you who know or who don't know who he is, he used to be in Genesis and he's independent, sort of. And uh, he said, in learning you will teach and in teaching you will learn, which I think is very appropriate because it's it's a it goes both ways. You both learn and you also teach. So you learn from your students and it enriches, it makes your experience richer. English is my second language, bear with me. Um, application prerequisites. So, so first you have to have level one which costs $10 because like Steph and Darren already said, you also have to have level two, but besides all that, you also have to take the trainer skills assessment. The trainer skills assessment is another test for which you also have to sign up. You have 90 minutes to take it. Uh, the same as in level two and level one, it's, uh, it's valid for three years. It's a test that takes 90 minutes to, to complete. Uh, let's be honest, it doesn't really take 90 minutes to complete. Um, I did mine in 15, maybe. Well, still, it's a pass-fail. The, the percentage you have to get is 80% to pass. Uh, and the same thing as the tests with level one and level two, you do need to be on a Chrome browser and you do need to have access to a webcam because they will be taking pictures. Uh, the trainer skills assessment, you do do some uh, trainer training and all the information contained in the in the education direct in the education training site will give you all the information you need uh, for uh, Americans and people like me. I've been a trainer for four years now. You do have to know all the COPA, HIPAA, FERPA stuff, uh, and even it doesn't apply to me because I'm outside the states. I still had to learn it so I could take the test. So be aware. That's only part one because then comes part two. And part two of the trainer application is the trainer application video. 
The trainer application video is actually three minutes long. One of those minutes is showing personality and how you uh, show yourself and how you train people. The other is your Googliness factor. And when you get the, the slides, you'll be able to see my wonderful video that I did three or four years ago. Uh, and there's one minute to show off personality and to show off who you are and what you do and where you do it. And two minutes, it's showing off your Google training skills. Um, I Here I introduce myself, I explain who I am and where I come from, and later on in the video I explain on how to set up uh, Google Cast for Education for regular users, and that's it. Those are the two parts. Then there begins the Google Trainer application. The Google Trainer application is a very long document where they ask you for a whole bunch of interesting stuff. They ask you for all sorts of information from where you come, your study, how, what you've studied, what you've been doing. Uh, they also ask you for all sorts of data and information. The, where, there, there, look, there, there you will see a bit.ly link. You can go to the trainer application and you can start filling out so you know what you need. Um, look it over. You have to write some stuff about why you want to be a trainer. It's really straightforward, but you have to be honest. Uh, please, uh, like what people are going to say later on for the innovator stuff, they really want to be, they want you to be honest about it. They don't want you to be like, oh, Google is the best and I love Google. No, you really have to be honest about why you want to be a trainer and what you want to do with it. It's going to be, it is a lot of fun uh, when you do get accepted. Uh, first, you're going to get a shiny blue, beautiful badge. There's rumors that they're going, they want to change them, but it's shiny blue and beautiful. Um, please do wear your badge with pride. Use it on your, on your, on your email. You've, really really fought for this you took the level one test you took the level two test that's six hours of weird testing in and out of the gate you also took the trainer certification which is also another test and it does take a lot of work to get certified but it's awesome you also have to prepare your inbox the google certified trainer google group is insane the day that you receive if you go like me i i receive one email at a time if you do that and you receive 50 emails in a day, that's a light day. So prepare your inbox because that thing is insane. But at the same time, it's awesome. There's people that know everything. So you, if you ever had any questions about anything, it's somebody will surely get out. Like somebody will help you with an answer or they'll help you figure it out. People like me and like everybody else that's in this chat, that's also a trainer. Also, Please do, if you get in, create your profile in the Edu Activity app. It's an app where we register our training and what we are and who we are and what we do. And also you get listed in a directory because the directory, and you also have to choose to appear in the directory. And the directory is awesome because people that are outside of Google or in education, they can search for people around their area. It's uh, geographically referenced. So they can look for people in their area who have the skills that they might need. You also have to log your trainings because it doesn't, it's not enough that you get certified. You also have to keep up with your trainings. So you do have to uh, sign up. Uh, you have to log at least 12 trainings a year and 12 trainings a year for people who work in education. We do staff PD every week or every other week and 12 trainings is a cakewalk. So don't worry about it. And if training is can be as little as a one-to-one -one thing, as long as you have it properly documented, which they will ask you to document, but it's so much fun and it's really easy to do. So that's not a problem. And at the end, every year you have to renew and the renewal process is 
really straightforward. You have to comply with whatever requirements they have. Last year, we had to have at least 12 trainings. You have to complete like a short quiz, which was basically to prove you're up to date on all the Google stuff. And we had to have submitted some information in a platform who, who knows if it's going to be working for next year, but we'll see. Also, you don't have to be uh, certified. I think uh, level one is debatable, but uh, uh, people are supposed to be keeping up to date with level two. But if you are up to date on the latest tests and other certifications, well, then you know what to what your students are going to expect if you're going to have them train. Uh, also, there are awesome benefits for being Google trainers. Like, for example, we just recently got, I think it was Screencastify. We got it for free. Uh, we get a lot of little perks being trainers. So we get uh, licenses for stuff. Uh, and those perks are just coming up. Oh, awesome perk. The best perk ever is having a Google trainer domain. So if you already own a web domain, like I own my last name, uh, I can apply a G Suite for Education license to my domain and I can use it for training. I can create accounts. I can create trainees that work on it. And, and I can train people using accounts from my domain, which is awesome because I can control everything and they can have the same um, uh, environment that a student would have. It's really, really good. And that's an awesome an awesome perk, especially because it costs, well, it doesn't cost anything if you're a school, but if, if you want a G Suite for enterprise domain, it's enough, it's, it's expensive. And that is about it. I leave it off to my friends at Google Innovator and uh, I guess I'll just disappear. Bye, Louise. Bye. Not really, okay. but yeah. <laughs> um, I was, all right, bon Bonnie, can we hear you now, Bonnie? Yes, yes, Woo! yes. Hey, Bonnie. Hello. Yes. I, I, however, I do prefer your, your um, you being me. That was great. Oh, I, I felt good about it. So I appreciate that. It can come back anytime you want. Um, okay. So um, just, Lisa removed us. Um, I'm Bonnie Shalette, and uh, me and Steph actually met through Google Innovator. Um, we went to the Singapore cohort. Um, and to, to be a Google Innovator, you can do it. Like, don't, don't think you can't. Like, I still don't know how I got included in this club. Um, certainly. But I think the thing that we want to stress, you know, the most is you can do it. I mean, it is work. Um, so just just keep that in mind. This year they've changed it where it's not like like Steph and I went went to Singapore and it was an amazing experience. Um, obviously, situation has everything's different now. So they've moved it to a virtual cohort. And I have zero doubt that it won't be it would, it's going to be incredible. Like they always do a good job. I know the people involved. Um, so if you're thinking of an applying, you have to be level two. And it's just because like it, they, so they, they don't have to worry about people like not being able to, to use the tools. And then um, you have to be level two. And there's an application process similar to trainer where you have to write an application, make a video. Um, Steph, do I need to add anything here? No, I mean, I think that's perfect. I think one of the main things for me that I keep thinking about is when we went, when I went to the Singapore Academy, um, I 
I really like Bonnie. It was one of those like long shots when I applied and I thought, oh, I'll put this in and we'll see what happens. And doing this honestly changed my whole life. It changed my trajectory. Yeah. And I don't say it lightly. But one of the things that I found super valuable about the experience was that I was one of four people from the US in my cohort. Yeah. And for me, that was such a privilege to get to learn from people all around the world. And mm -hmm. when I think about the power of what it will mean to be a part of the virtual academy, I think the power in that is you're going to be able to get so many people from all around the world who might not have been able to travel because I think mm -hmm. that precludes some people from being able to attend um, Innovator Academy. So when I try to think about the positive aspect of going virtual, I think for me, the joy of this is gonna be, you'll probably get a lot more people who can participate. The other piece is as an instructor, I think about like, wow, I'm gonna really be able to learn how to do online instruction, motivation, yeah. all of this joy in a virtual setting and what that means. Um, and so I, I think knowing how great the Innovator Academy is and the design thinking that goes into it, it will just inspire educators who are having to teach in this manner, most likely when um, they're going back to school, just depending on your location. But I know where I am, that's a piece that we're talking about so much right now. Agreed. Um, so if you want more information, um, the wonderful Leslie Altman, Altman hosts an open chat. Um, and it's really, really great um, because she, she tries to make sure that it's uh, accessible to all time zones. Time zone is, is something that he, us as a global gig struggle with uh, sincerely. Um, so if you want feedback, there is a whole community of people that will come and look at your project and um, give you tons of feedback, um, work closely with you. And it's a really great experience. So definitely something to consider. We don't want to talk about it too long or overwhelm you, but if you're interested in that, like I know Melissa is, we are we are awaiting her application. I can't wait, I can't wait. Oh my God. Uh, I, yes, know, yes. I know, I know, I know. So um, definitely consider it if you've got your level two and and um, even definitely if you don't think you're ready because I still am like, how did I get, how did, these people are amazing. So um, think about it and let us know if you need any help. Yeah, we're always here to help. Um, support in any way that we can. And I think this was just a little taste, but one of the things overall that I love about anybody that is an innovator is it's a community of yes people. So mm -hmm. I really value that. I, I think of the innovator community as those people I can go to and they never tell me no. They're like, oh yes, and yeah, yeah. build on my ideas. So if you're seeking a community that feels like that, then this is the right place to try. And even in the trying, you will learn a lot from the application. So I encourage you to do so okay. and we're here to support you if you need any help. Yep. Okay. And let's let's bring it back because we want to really cheer on the Texas launch here. That's why we all came. So yeah, I want to hear more from my, our neighbors and from my neighbors. Yeah. My neighbors. Hey. Oh, hello. Talk about being neighbors with you. I was right. <laughs> right. That's right. right. We're so close. We're going to have to take a road trip. <laughs> my brother is in Houston right now. My brother really? is there. Yes, there. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm, we're going to bring up well, all of your, here. your co-leaders here, right? Or your, your captains with you, Melissa. So you uh -huh. can uh -huh. wish everyone. Well. Okay. Perfect. Bye everybody. Thanks for having us. Bye. Here they come. <laughs> Thank you. That was such wonderful information. It
that doesn't inspire you, I don't know what will because that inspired me. I mean, I'm so excited. Yes, I applied. But, you know, if it doesn't happen this time, you know what? There's always next time. I'm not going to give up. You've got this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know what? Like I said, there's always next year. But thank you for joining us tonight. If you're interested in joining our um, our group, you can click on this link, and that's going to take you to our site where you can sign up to just to share and to learn together because that's what we're about. We just want to learn and grow with each other. Um, um, there's also, we do have a Facebook. We started a Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter as well. So we're excited. So we hope we hope you, you join our group, and, and we get to learn from you as well. All right. So um, so these are our goals. Go ahead, Lexi. Oh, girl, you're, you're rocking this. Um, some of our, I'm obviously the hype girl today. I'm like, let's hype it up. Let's go. Let's get some goals. Um, so our goals are obviously we want to connect with you guys. Um, not only with just the Texas people, but we have a great global gang that is backing us and helping us with all this. You got to meet them today, um, some of them today. So even just connecting with all of these people who are like-minded, who have great ideas, it's just great. Moving into the next one, segue into sharing and, and learning from each other. And, and then obviously we want to have opportunities like today where we can teach things to you guys, talk to you guys through chats, talk to you guys through Twitter, set up Google Meets. And obviously we wanna grow our community. We wanna to try to make the Texas gag as big as we can possibly get it because more brains, more power. I think it's great to hear what people in South Texas are doing and people in East Texas and West Texas and I'm in North Texas. So it's just fun to hear everybody. And, and um, but yes, you should definitely join our group and connect, share, meet with us, and help us grow our community. So if you have any questions, um, and um, so go ahead and post your questions in our, our chat or put them on that uh, Jamboard, and um, we'll get back with you. We'll, we'll try to connect with each other and definitely join our group. All right. And so thank you for coming tonight. I hope you're inspired. I hope that you take some pieces that we gave you and you go try and apply it to your classroom. I hope I also hope that you apply to be whether it be a trainer, take your level one certification or level two, because um, it will like it will change your life. It will put you on a new path, like Stephanie said. So anything else, girls, that you all want to add? Um, no, I think we've kept our y'all to a minimum and um, we've done pretty good. <laughs> so I guess thank you for joining us. <laughs> yes, thank you for joining us. <laughs>